as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. a year we do an annual video on demand show where we just make fun or i mean nominate an award all kinds of performances all kinds of movies all kinds of shit so get ready (laughs) i will start off the presenting round and it is the best TBS line dubbing. Is it Roadhouse? Or I used to screw guys like you in prison. Is it every other Chris Tucker movie? Or is it Die Hard 2? And the winner is Die Hard 2 for Yippie Kaye, Captain Falcon. <laughs> An edit they still show to this day. <laughs> now, Tom. What nomination do you dare award? <laughs> well, because I'm a bit of an overachiever, I have three awards. Oh, not just one, not two, not three, not four, but three awards. Shiny. <laughs> the first, now, I'll preface this by saying that sometimes I am very late to the party when it comes to some movies. I fully admit <laughs> that. My my options can be somewhat limited, but when I see a movie that I thoroughly enjoy, or I thoroughly love to make fun of, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I'm gonna, my first award is the best bad movie I've seen in, two, in 2020. Nice. Hmm. And that award goes to Manos, The Rise of Torgo. Oh, nice. That was something, wasn't it? It was I, something, but I'll tell you that even it it was probably as self-aware as, you, as a movie could be without actually being real life. It was better than the other mono sequel they made, that's for sure. <laughs> yep, yeah, funny you should mention that. Now, I'll get to that a little bit later, but the one thing that really made me made me love this movie was the fact that it was so over the top, so campy, and best of all, the guy playing Torgo, oh, I just fell in love on. with him. As, the camera <laughs> yeah. loved him, and we loved him in return because we got to see him mature a little bit while still being the same lovable guy that we would go know to grow in love as saying, the master is away. <laughs> <laughs> he did something. <laughs> mm. All right. So oh, when we go into my second one, uh, let's circle around. Okay, John, <laughs> playing Russian roulette with the awards. What will you award? <laughs> For me, it's the most hammy monologue in an action movie. 
What a Tamilano <laughs> hero. And the nominees are Nicholas Cage in Jiu Jitsu. Any scene that's in. <laughs> we have the main villain, the expert in the courtroom with his minute and a half speech. And the winner is Nicholas Cage in Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much, any competition at all. Nope. <laughs> you have all to right. go. Damn. David German, what will you award tonight? Uh, I, 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 was gonna th- I was thinking of the most disappointing film I've seen recently. Um, I can't think of any runners up, but the winner's got to be Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> <laughs> that, that the movie was so disappointing. I was very sad by the end of it. And I loved the first one. Loved it. That, that is pretty sad. So, yeah. The, uh, uh, and maybe, uh, yeah, the, lo- the longest damn movie I've seen lately is the would have to go to the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Holy crap. That's a long movie. It is pretty long. I will say, I, to be honest, I think, I, I think I've heard it's still playing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it never – well, like, yeah, they don't, it just keeps running because, you yeah. No one, can make it through it. no one can ever make it through it. Ba-dum-dum. I actually watched it in one sitting because I was home sick that day from my COVID vaccination. I had a react, you know, I felt sick the next day. So I stayed home from work and I actually watched it all in one sitting. Oh, dear. Wow. I was delirious. Yeah. I've, I've only seen the first part so far. It's definitely better than what we got previously. But if you really aren't a fan of superhero movies, it's also just not going to change your opinion of the genre in general. So. Yeah, no kidding. With further ado, I'm going to award the John Carradine Award for Best Scene Stealing Performance by a Long Deceased Actor. <laughs> Is it Christopher Lee for every movie that he was in post mortem? Is it <laughs> John Carradine in every other Fred Olin Ray movie where they use stock footage from the stupid movie that never got released? <laughs> or is it Pete? Or is it the guy standing in for the motion capture of Peter Cushing in Rogue One? And of course, the winner is that latter choice. <laughs> Pretty damn good for playing another an actor playing another actor who's been dead for over thirty years. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't me- that um, you didn't mention John Carradine's melodic singing voice. Oh, in the uh, Night Train to Mundo Fine, right? I have to go back to that deep hurting, but I will definitely be, I promise we will be doing an episode on the carrying. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say that, that night train to Mundofina, that's the best thing I've heard since the crash test dummies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. He and Joe Estevez. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. The best of their entire family. <laughs> All righty. So, Tom, I'm going to ask you to award also the Tubular Boobular Joy Award for Most Distracting Cleavage in a Film. Hmm. <laughs> most Distracting Boob in a Film. Tubular Boobular Joy for those Misties out there. <laughs> I don't know, but the biggest boob I've seen in a movie lately has to be um, Nicolas Cage. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I think he's he's working, he's got to be writing, working with the Roger Corman style. <laughs> That's how he think, shows I, up I in think... every movie. He's becoming Michael Caine. He really is. I think, he, I think he's operating under the I need to pay my bills acting style i'm surprised he's exactly what it is he just doesn't turn down a script how is he not a scientologist he just has that whole style of (laughs) i'm not who i claim to be (laughs) i think he freaks out tom cruise and that's why he's not a scientologist should have been in battlefield earth oh god You know, every year, Hollywood tries to outdo themselves by bringing us larger and more superfluous explosions than we've ever seen before. So this year, we've decided to recognize some of the most unnecessary and outlandish explosions in cinematic history. The nominees for Most Gratuitous Explosion are... 
Spectre, the Moroccan Lair Explosion. Mad Max Fury Road, the Tanker Explosion. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, the Nuclear Nightmare. Little Women, Joe March's Revenge. And the winner for Most Gratuitous Explosion is... Little Women, Joe March's Revenge! Every year, talented filmmakers strive to bring realistic and memorable kaiju to life for us on the big screen. And what would a giant monster be without a giant roar? So this year's nominees for Best VoiceOver Roar in a Kaiju Film are... Daniel Day-Lewis for King Kong. (laughs) Dustin Hoffman for Godzilla. Sir Anthony Hopkins for Rodan. Dame Judi Dench for Gamera. And the winner is Dame Judi Dench for Gamera. Everybody, Corey here, aka Sleazy C from Podcasting After Dark, and I'm presenting to you the award for most underrated alien creature effects. Is it the food-based mutations in the stuff? What about the thing from well, the thing? What about the tubular boobular joys of species? And possibly even the end of Total Recall. And the winner is... Coming soon, for you, the stop from New World Pictures. Hello, this is Michael Kane star of such movies as Get Cutter and Jaws for The Revenge. And I'm here to present the award for worst movie to have the best soundtrack. The nominees are as follows. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1976, featuring the talents of Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees. Maximum Overdrive from 1986, featuring ACDC and songs by Roger Miller and Wagner. Next up, not one single movie, but several, between the years of 1993 and 1996. As follows. Last Action Hero. Judgment Night. The Crow. Tank Girl. Dead Presidents. Johnny Mnemonic. Hackers. And the sequel to The Crow. The Crow, City of Angels. Truly a shitty time to be alive when watching movies that sucked ass but had great soundtracks. And finally, Tron Legacy from 2010, featuring the now defunct Daft Punk. And the winner is the years 1993 to 1996. Thank you, drive through. This has been Michael Kane bidding you adieu. Presenting the Martin Sheen Award for Best Actor to Be a Real President is Darren of the Psychosemantic Podcast. Good evening. And the nominees are Kevin Klein as Dave Kovic in Dave. Jack Nicholson as James Dale in Mars Attacks. Jeff Bridges as Jackson Evans in the Contender. Peter Sellers as Merkin Muffley in Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Michael Douglas as Andrew Shepard in The American President. And Morgan Freeman as Tom Beck, Deep Impact. And the award goes to Dave Kovic. 
from Dave. How's it going? This is Johnny from the Attack of the B-Movie podcast. I am here to present the Lucy Liu Award for Cutest Asian Actress. And now, without further ado, here are the five finalists. Number five, Aquafina, half Korean, half Chinese rapper, comedian, TV host, and actress. This woman does it all. She's most famous for her roles in Ocean's 8 and Crazy Rich Asians. Number four, Lana Condor. Vietnamese-American actress started off on the big screen playing Jubilee, one of my favorite characters, in X-Men Apocalypse. She also starred in Patriot's Day, but she really hit it big when she went to Netflix and starred in the series To All the Boys I've Loved Before and its second season as well. She's more of an up-and-comer, so stay tuned for her in the future. Number three, Juju Chan. Juju Chan is a Chinese-American actress from Hong Kong. This fierce, beautiful, and legitly talented fighting dynamo, I guess? I don't even know what to call her. She's so fantastic is mostly known for playing in uh, Netflix's Wu Assassins, but she also played Bruce Lee's sister, and she's represented Hong Kong internationally in tournaments, and I believe finished with bronze medals. This woman is legit and fantastic on film. Number two, Brenda Song. This Asian-American actress has had multiple voiceover roles in many hit Disney shows. She started breaking out in in movies such as The Social Network and New Girl, and she's still going strong, so stay tuned and keep an eye out for her. Number one, and forgive me if I pronounce this Chinese-born actress's name wrong, uh, Liu Yifei. Uh, in the U.S., she's basically known for the movie Milan, and she was fantastic in it. In other markets, The Return of the Condor Heroes and The Forbidden Kingdom are some of the big things she's been in. She can act, she can do the stunts, she's got everything. Stay tuned for more from her as well. Now, my number one pick and the winner of the award, he's got to go with Juju Chan. Juju Chan is gorgeous. She's fierce. She can act. She can hit. She can fight. She can do her own stunts. This woman is a dynamo of everything. And, and all of that is what makes her my pick for the Lucy Liu Award for Cutest Asian Actress. Joining me now is Jeremiah Pierce. <laughs> I promise we won't do a hoedown, but what we will do is present more outrageous awards. And I will once again present one giant ass award, and that is to the ultimate star of Sci Fi Channel original movies. <laughs> is it Corn Is it Eric Roberts? Is it Dean Kane? Or is it every other Star Trek or Stargate actor? And the winner has got to be Dean Kane for Dragon Fighter alone. You go, mister. You go. Is it my turn? Yes, sir. It's your turn. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a hard one. <laughs> How about I give you the best? A movie I almost gouged my eyes out for award. Uh, <laughs> it can be of any period. It doesn't have to be period, I mean, come on, the room. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I mean, Tommy was so's ass. That'll do it. <laughs> That's kind of a cop out, but I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is amazing how many people. Every once in a while, you will get at least an internet troll who will go around telling people, how dare you criticize this movie? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're, they're cult followers. I mean, it's only like, you know, most people don't like that movie. I know. The <laughs> <laughs> they're acting, but then they'll even go deeper trying and act like everybody in this movie acts like a real person would. I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> I get that if you like it, but don't no, try and tell me that. Was buying the flowers? That's, you can't tell me that that's how normal people act. If I have breast cancer, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every dinner conversation instead of never talk about it again. <laughs> it wasn't even bad acting on purpose. Like just the whole aspect of it was bad. <laughs> it's pretty hard to act when you got someone else who's keen on everyone acting abnormally, <laughs> samurai <Yeah>. cop style. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to give the Samurai Cop Award for 
most abnormal uh, fantasy world? Is it Jupiter Ascending? Is it Valerian? Or is it Flash Gordon? And it is tied between all three of these movies for <laughs> embracing the implausible and claiming it could happen. You go, movies. You go. So I'll let you award at least one more award, and I guess we'll call it a day. <laughs> I said worst rom-com. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, man. Who will you dare award it to? Uh, pretty much any movie uh, by... Um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, perfect. There you go. Sorry, McConaughey, before you were making a comeback in all your movies, you were doing this crazy. <laughs> Made Kate no, Hudson not... plenty of money. <laughs> Oh no! I got another one. Uh, um, <laughs> best uh, bromance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because I have a. Uh, <laughs> that would be yeah. That that's a good one. Brokeback Mountain. Uh, time rip, Larry McArthur. You made the best bareback bromance stone to mankind. I, I was thinking, um, <laughs> son of a woman. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, and Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. That was another one I was thinking I, I forgot. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the Scarface Award for Most Hammy Gangster. <laughs> Is it Wesley Snipes? Is Nino Brown in New Jack City? Is it Christopher Walken in King of New York? And I was going to say. <laughs> the winner is Niter Another award. The most copious amounts of cocaine ever done on screen. Oh, perfect. Okay, it's even better. That's the qualification. The Scarface Award for most copious amounts of cocaine on screen. <laughs> is it everybody in Light Sleeper? Is it everybody in American Gangster? Right. The winner is neither of those. The winner is everybody in Pineapple Express. <laughs> that was the most... So what movie would have the most weed? <laughs> we oh, read. good question. <laughs> Is it <that>? Friday? <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean... <laughs> I mean, even before they're threatening to knock each other the fuck out, I mean, there's... <laughs> kind of yeah, already chill. <laughs> Is it that movie How High? Where they were in college. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Method Med would approve, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Harold and Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't really, I mean, they smoked a lot of it, but there really wasn't a lot on screen. But if we go by TV shows, we could say Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the cause of all their problems, let alone the violence. <laughs> Also, weirdly, the solution to all the problems, because that's the only way they seem to have been able to rack up a lot of money. Right? <laughs> oh, that show's a classic. Whew. I think Mr. Leahy was the cause of all their problems. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't help that they had the most incompetent crew each time planning a heist, so. Yeah, that's but that's, that's who That's who was available. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, to stop. So. <laughs> Who's going to stop us now? <laughs> oh. oh, that's been it for me, unless you want to do one more. Where's <laughs> uh, the video game movie uh, Mortal Kombat 2 or Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Or, uh, I, I think Anything by you, Ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, that, he's the main. <laughs> but I, I gotta give it to Monster Hunter this year. Holy shit. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. Um, oh, I was so bored. It was not well lit at all. <laughs> I would say uh, Resident Evil. 
Well, yeah, the, those definitely contribute, but like this is like those like times a thousand is like. <laughs> I, I think it's funny how they had such a high. They had they all had such a high production value, but they all, in my opinion, I didn't like either one any any of them. Yeah. Uh, Where did the money go, other than the graphics and? <laughs> I guess the the so far up its own ass <laughs> yeah there you go plenty of ass in those movies um oh, oh so i'm going to give award uh the most uh the most pointless red herring award for weapons that are awesome but aren't fully utilized is it the bfg and eider version of doom is it <laughs> Is it Rudger Howard's sword in Ladyhawk? Or is it every other cop character on a cop show who doesn't ever get in the line of duty? <laughs> and as much as I wanted to nominate Doom for not making good proper use of the BFG, it's got to go to Rudger Howard's sword in Ladyhawk. Because, come on. <laughs> Don't promise me Rudger Howard with a sword. Not any use cop, it. Any cop who doesn't do his job, <laughs> like, uh, like, pretty much, which is akin to any student that that doesn't go to college while they're pretty much in college, they don't right. go to class. <laughs> yeah, I was there. I was just outside the college room. They in their big ass. I attended. You're right. They always hang out in their dorm. <laughs> the Steve Jobs excuse. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I many learn from that's this. How, that's how rich kids go to go to college, you know. Oh, if, yeah. if anybody actually has Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we can never find a exact GED on them, because <laughs> it didn't go in the system. They weren't there <laughs> logging in. How you go into the system? You got to be human first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think he was engineered. <laughs> I yeah. think he was engineered. Zuckerberg is basically a more uh, subtle version of Skynet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, this is Rob, the Cinema Drunkie Antiquaria from the Action Drunkies Podcast, and I'm here to present the category for Best Fight Choreography in a Shitty Martial Arts Movie. And the nominees are Game of Death 2, The Shaolin Drunk Monkey, and Death Promise. And the winner is... Game of Death 2, directed by Ng Si Yoon and choreographed by Yun Woo Ping. Shout out to the winners for bringing such great choreography to a piece of shit martial arts movie which features such terrible dialogue as this winner right here. I may be a kung fu expert, but I need cash. <laughs> yes, 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 that's a great piece of shit right there. Hi, it's Johnny Patoki from the Attack of the B-Movies podcast once again with another award. This time it is the Dennis Leary Award for the biggest on-screen asshole in a film. So let's just get right into it. Number f The nominees are number five, Kent from Real Genius. From the moment we meet Kent, we can already tell we aren't going to like this douchebag. And we're pretty much proved right immediately. From insulting Mitch Taylor at their first meeting and asking him if he wanted um, a bottle or something. I don't remember what it was. Uh, to ratting out Mitch and Chris at a pool party by a bunch of student beauticians, or recording, recording Mitch crying on his phone to his parents and playing it back for the whole building to hear. This guy is an asshole the whole movie. Now, granted, they do make him think he's hearing God, and at the end of the movie, when he gets knocked out of the house full of popcorn, he is a little nicer to them for the split second we see. He did get a little bit of redemption, but I'm not sure how much. Number four, Johnny from Karate Kid. Let's be honest, this movie isn't really as good as everyone is making themselves a thinking is. And if you think it still is, watch it sober. It really doesn't hold up for me, and everyone's in this nostalgia mood for one of my favorite decades, the one I grew up in, the 80s, and it's like, you should watch Cobra Kai. I'm like, mm, not going to do it. But the one thing that did hold up about this movie is what a huge asshole Johnny is the whole movie. In fact, he's pretty much just a street thug the whole movie, and while me and him share a name, and we're both assholes, 
this guy makes me look like a saint in comparison. But much like Kent, he does get some redemption at the end when he says, you're all right, LaRusso. And he seems a little bit humbled by the defeat. Number three, Burke from Aliens. If there was ever a better example of a scumbag company man that only cares about making money and advancing advancing his career and doesn't care who he'd step over, I'd like to know. Seriously, I'll wait if you, if you know someone. Burke was such a colossal asshole and played so well by Paul Reiser that when I was growing up, I hated Paul Reiser for years. I mean, this scumbag knew how dangerous this mission would be and knew exactly what they were going to trying to do, and he didn't care about any of the characters with him. And I'll tell you what, though, I'm sure, I was too little to see it in the theaters, but I'm sure in the theaters, when this asshole got his comeuppance, people cheered. Number two, Bill Lumberg from Office Space. Now, Lumberg's a different type of an asshole from the, from the rest of the ones on this list. He's not loud, he's not obnoxious, he really doesn't snitch on people, and he really hasn't gotten anyone killed as far as we know. But he is just a true company man in the sense, in much in the same sense Burke is, that he doesn't care about anyone around him as long as he makes his deadlines and gets those goddamn TPS reports done. It, he's a white-collar asshole boss through and through, and it's white-collar asshole boss that, territory that he ro- roams and rules over. He's a quintessential big business office red tape bureaucrat asshole. Bureaucrat asshole. Is that enough words to describe him? I'm not really sure. I'm a people person, goddammit. Number one on the list, Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise. Now, this is the only one on the list that's kind of a good guy, right? Like, he saves the world, and he's a bit, so he's really a bit of an anti-hero. And he's one of my favorite characters of all time. But let's be fair. By the time you, by the time you get to, say, Army of Darkness, and they really develop him, he's an asshole. And then, in the series Evil Dead... He resurrects the dead by try, by getting high and trying to impress some some bar skank by reading what he claimed was poetry from the book of, from the Necronomicon and resurrected everybody again. He has no personal responsibility or accountability for anything, and basically just wanders through life on his luck, smartass remarks, and charm. And granted, he does have legendary one-liners, probably the best one-liners out of almost any other character. But he is an asshole through and through. So those are my top five for it. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, I'm going to say Ash, from, Ash Williams from Evil Dead. And I'm not. I'm going to go with Burke from Aliens. This guy's so fucking despicable that there's no redeeming factor of Burke. I mean, I could go through other movies and pick bad, you know, assholes. But Burke, for me, takes the cake. So I hope you like the, the, count, the top five, and I hope you like the choice. But... I think Burke makes Dennis Leary proud. Alrighty. So, Corey and I are presenting some more awards. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm going to present the Leroy Jenkins Award for Let's Do This. Who? What movie character has just basically screwed it up for everybody? Is it Paul Reiser in Aliens? Is it Hudson? In Aliens, or is it Ellis in Die Hard? And the winner is none of those. It's got to be Miles Dyson, the creator of Skynet in Terminator 2. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. (laughs) So I'll pass the baton to you. What's a hysterical award you could present? (laughs) Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, um, best reason to begin a crystal meth addiction uh, goes to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Not the stuff, mind you. Not any other version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. One of these movies that's about an invasion and it's got snatchers. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I can totally see that being a parallel for crystal meth. Or getting well, yeah, because if you fall asleep, they got you. You become part of the collective, so, you know. Oh, man. That's deeper than it probably ever intended to be. <laughs> <laughs> Line, please. The best spell-blinding awkward edits in a movie. Is it the mother taking a moment to react to her son being killed in Boys in the Hood? Is it 
every other Star Trek episode, let alone movie, where they don't seem to know what the science is that they're addressing, and they're just waiting for the director to tell them to be, just look shocked and surprised. Or is it every other Jello film? And the answer is none of those. It's got to be probably the last movie I saw Henry Cavill in. <laughs> and that'd be <laughs> the ultimate Justice League cut. Great movie, but he, he looks like he doesn't know what to say. So he just is going to go back to stomping back into that coffin. So that's okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I saw the, the Justice League in the theater, but I haven't seen the ultimate cut that everybody's talking about. Uh, I was surprised how uh, kind they were to it, and I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Not perfect. There's still some stilted dialogue, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> right on. Uh, this, it, it's actually really amazing how uh, every time it never fails, the studio will say, just cut that out. People don't want character development. I'm like, uh, yes, they do. Otherwise, they have no connection to the spectacle. <laughs> Right, most most director's cuts that I've seen, I, I enjoyed more than the original theatrical release, so. Yeah, uh, unless it's even riff tracks, I can't even find myself watching the original cut of Lord of the Rings, just the extended just adds so much to that world. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine, I mean, Lord of the Rings is long just in and of itself, so an extended cut would definitely be. Uh... <laughs> 12 years long. <laughs> yeah, 12 years long. Hi, it's Johnny from the Attacking the B-Movies podcast once again. This time I'm not here to really give out an award or anything, but this time I'm here to give a little rundown of one of my favorite action stars, Jackie Chan. Now, I think Jackie Chan kind of gets overlooked because he's doing so many outrageous things, and he's kind of, a lot of his movies are more comedic, but he actually is a pretty solid actor, and he's had some serious roles. Now, for me, though, what really drew me to him was when I first saw him in Cannonball Run, which may have been his first American movie. The, the stunts he pulled during his fight scenes were fantastic. It, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Then after that, he was in Cannonball Run 2. Again, fantastic fight scenes, but there was a bit of comedy in both of them, which I thought was really interesting. And then I didn't really think about it much because he wasn't really a big hit here, so you didn't see much of his stuff till later on. And then I want to say the first thing I saw was Jackie Chan's uh, Rumble in the Bronx. And then I watched that, and I was amazed at the stunts and the, choreogra the stunt chore coordination and choreography and how much fun he had. He looked like he had doing it. And then it dawned on me, this is the same guy. When I was a kid, I watched in Cannonball Run. It was like, this guy's fantastic. And I'll tell you what, from you know Police Story, which is a much more serious role for him, to Rumble in the Bronx, Who Am I, or Twin Dragons, First Strike. I mean, he's Shanghai Noon. He's just played so many different roles that I think are memorable and just fun to watch. And that's what I love about his movies is, yeah, he makes more serious ones. So you could say stuff like Police Story is more serious. But you could watch him for the more serious movies or you could watch him for the comedic ones. One of the ones I love watching is Operation Condor. I think that movie's fantastic. They're looking for, like, Nazi gold in the desert. It, it's great. But then, the, like I said, Police Story 1 and 2. Fantastic movies. Completely different tone. I think he's a, one of the most versatile action stars when it comes to acting and the action part of it. And I love watching the bloopers he has at the end of most of his movies. He finished most of Rumble in the Bronx with his with his ankle broken or his foot broken and in a cast that looked like his gym shoe. Not many action stars can do that. He did it for years, and I think he still does almost all his own stunts, and he's well into his well into his sixties at this point. So, anyways, that's my quick take on Jackie Chan. I I love watching Jackie Chan movies, and if there was ever a series of if there was ever an actor that I'd want to have all his movies, it'd be him. The problem is there's like. 200 of them, so it'd be a little hard to get. Oh, sorry, 142. But, like I said, that's my take on Jackie Chan. If you've never watched a Jackie Chan movie, start with Rumble in the Bronx, and then move on to something more serious like Police Story. Hit up Operation Condor, First Strike. First Strike had some fantastic scenes. Who Am I was a fantastic one. Those would be my starting points if you've never seen Jackie Chan. So, I hope you learned a little bit, 
Uh, I hope you check out Jackie, and thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila, and I'm here with Ruby Rodriguez and Serenity. And we're here representing Wacky Talkies, the podcast, the entertainment podcast. Um, and today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, our nominations and award uh, winnings. So what do, you, what do you got to say, Ruby? Um, so I am going to present the award for the category movies that you need to look up the explanation to. So it isn't often that a movie storyline and twist keep you guessing until the very end. Thankfully, the explanation is at the click of a mouse now. So shout out to all the YouTubers out here doing the Lord's work with all these explanations. <laughs> so the nominees and for this category are I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, Vivarium, Tenant and the lighthouse. Did you include Midsummer? We're gonna add in there okay. as an honorary nominee. Okay. <laughs> and the winner is drumroll. Ooh. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> Congratulations. Where's your trophy? Because that movie was. Here's your here's your trophy. Good job, Charlie Kaufman. You did it. Yeah, good job. You did it. You did it. Um. All right. So my nominees are most shameless product placement, and so the nominees include Mercedes in the Snyder Cut. Lol, because that's Mercedes is the official the official car of the Justice League. Batman drove it. Wonder Woman drove it. Uh, the Flash doesn't drive anything because he's like fast. Um, I'm sure it was. In... <laughs> the Flash doesn't need it. The Flash doesn't need it. Um, yeah. So the Mercedes and the Snyder Cut, and the winner is da -da 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 -da. Mr. Pibb for the Suicide Squad trailer. John Cena just chugging up that Mr. Pibb. So that's how they were able to afford James Gunn. <laughs> Wait, I didn't hear I didn't hear the other nominees. You only said one. Yeah, that's the only one. Oh, okay. It was only those two. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Pibb, good job. It makes me want to drink you less. Um, it makes me want to reach for a cold hard Dr. Pepper. Mm. Okay. I am gonna be presenting the nominees for Hollywood Heartthrob. Um, the title Hollywood Heartthrob has been given to many prominent actors in the past, like um, Ryan Gosling, Adam Driver, Robert Pattinson, Leonardo DiCaprio, etc. George Clooney is another the one. No and the nominees for Hollywood Heartthrob is Finn Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard, and Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> so who won? And the winner is Finn Wolfhard. Uh, Oh my god. Congratulations, Finn Wolfhard. I mean, Wolfhard. <laughs> yep, good job, Wolfhard. You get a trophy. You get this dragon egg. Congratulations. Er. Yeah. <laughs> he would love that. Yep, with you and your millions of dollars and your Stranger Things money and your It money, I'm sure you would love a dragon egg. Uh, and your Ghostbusters money. And your Ghostbusters mm. money that hasn't come out yet. Um, <laughs> it feels like it hasn't been out yet for forever. <laughs> what was that, Ruby? I was like, yeah, for sure. And then we got to wait forever for Stranger Things 4. Yeah, like <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think I'll have to see that when I get the, to the afterlife. Am I right? <laughs> oh, so funny. Thank you. <laughs> That's our nominees. Now, nominees and winners, everybody. Congratulations, all. Uh, we Congratulations to everyone who was nominated and all the winners. Good job. You should be very proud to have been 
in our mentions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would be very, very hyped. They're going to be calling their agent and be like, yo, we won this award that I don't know the name of. <laughs> that was totally made up. I've been Nathaniel Avila. I've been Ruby Rodriguez. I've been Serenity Robledo. And, and thank you for coming to our award show. Yeah, our award segment. Thank you. Sign it off. So how about I state these options and you decide which one actually gets it. So most amount of poon on the small screen. Is it American Gods for being swallowed inside a woman's vagina? Is it Game of Thrones for having oh, ass every other minute? Is it Salma Hayek and everything? Is it... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, no, not really. Not Salma Hayek. I mean, she has done it a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's that show Spartacus, but, you know, they probably did as much as Game of Thrones, but not quite as, you know, the popularity. Oh, yeah. So there you go. You got free decisions, which will take home the Poon Award. <laughs> which one had the highest? I mean, Game of Thrones has plenty uh, of nudity where it's basically even just a rape scene, and Spartacus has plenty of people just bathing in the nude, so... Yeah, I would say Game of Thrones by default. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll let you award something else. <laughs> Okay, this is one my girlfriend Faith came up with uh, after uh, we recently uh, saw the riff tracks of Dinosaurus. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I've uh, definitely yeah. seen the promo they did. I don't think I've oh, seen it. Oh, it was fantastic. Very funny. Okay. Um, and uh, we give it the Yabba Dabba Do Award for having cavemen and dinosaurs from the same time period in the movie. Oh dear! Isn't that that uh, <laughs> full moon entertainment award or uh, full moon release, or is that someone else who did that? I I don't remember that that part. It might be, uh, <laughs> but dinosaurs. but the movie is based on dinosaurs and cavemen that are frozen um, underwater um, in the tropics, no less. How they're frozen, I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, I like it. just. Just offshore, like literally like 20, 30 feet out from the beach, these dinosaurs and cavemen have been sitting there frozen for tens of thousands and millions of years or whatever. And, and they all came from the same time period, apparently. It's just it's just ridiculous. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Yabba dabba do. Alrighty. I'm going to award the Johnny Propo Award for most incompetent muscular lead actor. <laughs> is it the Miz in the Marine films? Is it Red Brown in the Howling Two? Is it? It's Red Brown in the Howling Two. I I couldn't resist. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> couldn't resist. Is it Casper Van Dien in Starship Troopers Free? And the award goes to. None of those. It's got to be Alex Nevsky. That's right. This dude is a terrible excuse to try and replicate the career of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Watch any of his movies, and you'll just be looking at your clock saying, this is a movie? How did he get all these other awesome, far better action stars to be in the movie with him? <laughs> <laughs> Showdown Manila, uh, Moscow Heat. Man, you're, you're just going to be dying for air. <laughs> <laughs> there's amusing amusement and then there's just really bad jokes that you wish the person would just leave the dinner table and go home already <laughs> oh well that's all folks I, I think that's all I got <laughs> well let's see we got another one my girl came up with that um, basically speaks to uh, people that have been in really successful films and then wind up like you said just showing up in these totally obscure barely cult status films um, right and, barely you know, these, are, these are big these are pretty big actors you know big name actors that were once revered and then all of a sudden they're in this this uh this these weird films she calls it the i was in successful musicals now i'm acting opposite ambulatory plants award oh, goes no. to howard keel from day of the triffids 
<laughs> yeah, no, no technical or musical for him here. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, and then um, and then I got another one here. Uh, Hitchcock rolling over in his grave award definitely goes to James Nugian for Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Oh man, yeah, that uh, movie was hysterical, dude. I, I, I'm not sure. I think it was supposed to be a comedy because the the quote unquote special effects alone were cracking us up. We couldn't even hear Mike, Kevin, and Bill. It was hysterical, just laughing at those special effects, quote unquote. Yeah, I I think I be, even still have the live versions with me somewhere. But yeah, it was, it was the first Rift Tracks event I went to, and it was also just like you say, it's like you can just call it whatever it is. It doesn't work in any way, shape, or form, but it is no. pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical! It's what the, I mean. What I could do better on my laptop than what he did in that movie for ten thousand dollars. It's yeah. just—it's unreal. <laughs> the ten thousand just go to catering alone. I, I would imagine, yeah. And I mean, and then, and then I gave another award: the sequel no one saw or even knew about to *Birdemic 2*. <laughs> oh yeah, and. Man, was it painful. There was a great, uh, I don't know if it's still on YouTube, there was a YouTube video where these three guys were like in Discord or something and they were recording their own riff and you could see their reaction in the corner of the screen while the movie played. And it was just so funny at one moment. They were just like, why did we see the close-up of the nudity after they're dead? That's disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was pretty painful. It's like the male lead is uh, walking more awkwardly. The main gal is shooting even more of the <laughs> cgi birds it's like good god <laughs> way to embrace i'm surprised it isn't at number five thousand, given what sharknado levels it embraced <laughs> those are other movies those are another set of movies that are just hysterical by themselves right even without the commentary <laughs> so ridiculous i mean to get everybody including mark cuban as a general that's something <laughs> <laughs> oh man all righty john you are up what will you be awarding next <laughs> wow maybe i do this because here we go the most misleading movie trailer of all time. Here we go. <laughs> and the nominees are Prom Mary is killing Gunther with Schwarzenegger, who's only in it for 15 minutes. Spoiler. <laughs> Trust me, you need it. You don't <laughs> want to suffer through it. And the winner is killing Gunther. <laughs> there are no other nominations. Nope. <laughs> I had to. Well, have some, but not with that one. How original. Nothing was going to beat it. Perfect. Alrighty. David German, you've watched plenty of stuff with your daughter, so I'm going to give you that darn cat award. <laughs> best pet comedy of recent memory. <laughs> best pet comedy of recent memory. <laughs> it could be animated or live action. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Actually, I didn't think that was so bad. You know, for a remake, I didn't think it was. I think they did a pretty good job. Um, the acting was good. I could not. Uh, get it. <laughs> it's sufficiently creepy. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to be awarding the Are You Professional or Not? for worst camera work. Is it the opening fight scene of Doctor Strange? Is it the unneeded slow motion in every other 300 or Batman versus Superman movie? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the crappy color correcting in the typical Netflix original movie? Is it the unneeded slow motion and Canadian values of every other Lifetime movie? But don't worry. The winner is 71. <laughs> Very fucking overrated IRA terrorism drama. This guy. 
and I loved how everyone was like, I don't think it's a historical drama. It's like, if that's the case, why does it instantly say we're in Ireland? It's set during the 70s. <laughs> oh, man. This movie wanted to be Die Hard. It wasn't. Mm. Wanted to be Born Identity or James Bond, but even those guys aren't that terrible with their camera work. So uh, this guy literally looked like he was having a seizure in even the most static scenes and the IRA terrorists have no characterization whatsoever. <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, oh, da 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 like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? I hope it was fucking good because it's useless now, isn't it? Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. You're professional or not? <laughs> Alrighty. Tom, I'm going to give you the Jason Momoa Award for Mo Best Badass Holding a Sword Moment. <laughs> now, for me, for me, uh, I take this in a, in a lot of different ways. I mean, there have been some great badasses with swords there have been some okay ones uh happy birthday <laughs> christopher lambert for example um but for me the badass with the sword it comes down to the lead from samurai cop yeah sons <laughs> of a bitch <laughs> there is no there is no better scene than matthew caritas going after going after robert zadar and neither one of them knows how to swing a sword worth a damn. So that makes him a badass. Right. Another one with color correcting issues. <laughs> and an amazing wig job, too. That's a great wig. It's <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful wig. So, if there's any more that you guys want to award, eh, that's going to be it for today. I have two more, if, if, if everyone wouldn't mind. Please. I would love to hear them. All righty. I already did the best bad movie I saw in 2020. Now I have to do the worst bad movie I saw in 2020. <laughs> and it, it, it again comes from the Manos franchise. Manos Returns. Oh, no. I am... I don't know what happened. I think I, whether J.J. Abrams was involved in the plot, but I started <laughs> seeing the same kind of storyline playing out in the sequel that I saw in the original. I didn't think the original was that great to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so watching it repeat itself, it's like, uh, I'm going to, I, I think we have to call it a, a they have to be some sort of um, term for it, the, the Abrams thing of, of a film where you just basically take what's already been out there, put a couple more twists on it without really doing much and then releasing as though it was in the original movie. <laughs> and, and third, but not least, because we are dealing, because we're gradually getting to the end of International Women's Month, I have a cinematic <laughs> female empowerment award to give out. This Bring is it. one that I never expected I'd ever see. I never expected it to be as offbeat, but yet still cracking up fun as it was, and it's a film called Final Girl. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I watched, that was a great movie. Which one? Yes. There were two Abigail of them. Breslin and... Oh, yeah, I did see that recently, yeah. Yep, and I basically called it Joan Wick because it kind of it reminded me a lot of that. fights, yeah. <laughs> it took a little while to get used to the to the chronology of it because I kept thinking this is happening now, this is happening in the in the 50s and it turns out yeah, it was it was an earlier time than I thought it was. But by the same time that's what made it so much so much more fun. 
that and yeah. the one guy who was clearly hamming it up. I mean, you couldn't – if he was so hammy, you could have served him for Easter. Oh, yeah. Was Bentley of Ghost Rider in Hunger Games fame? <laughs> no, he actually was more sedated in this film. There was oh. there was another guy who was even worse. I thought he had a good shading grin, at least. <laughs> he did. But that's kind of what made him enjoyable. There, if you, I can't remember the name of the guy, but it was the guy who was really into the into the chasing down and hunting down of the women. Oh, yeah, he's ready for blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but definitely, it's one of those that you can watch it once and know that somebody decided to make a female empowerment movie by making the 50s uh, a female power. Instead of looking like an SJW with glasses, there's someone with an axe. Perfect. That's right. It's a perfect compromise. And don't forget to all blame on Gamergate. Perfect. All right. (laughs) That's it. That's all. I got nothing. That's all, folks. Fuck you. <laughs> and the and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> Alrighty, perfect. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up-